forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. So let the house of the Lord sing praise. Absolutely amazing. That ain't your grandmother's summer camp now, is it? Man, that looks like a lot of fun. And I know half of them came home with COVID, but 100% of them, <laughs> I know 100% of them came back with Jesus. So we had to take a little bit of a risk and we had a lot of gains. So let me, uh, just great. Thank you all of our leaders. Thank you for you. you. You gave into that. There were probably half those kids could not afford to go on this trip. It was pretty pricey and you made it happen. And I can't tell you how awesome it is that you invested in that kind of experience for these young people. So absolutely wonderful. I just want to let you know, we're coming up with seven days of prayer. It's not this, not today, but it's next Sunday. We begin seven days of prayer. We do it twice a year. And we, and we do it when we think it's um, all of a sudden, like when it's really, really important to pray. I don't know if you're like me, but I only pray when I think it's really, really important. I, I'm not instinctively a great prayer. You know, you would think, well, would you get paid to pray? No, I don't technically get prayed to prayer. Uh, but, you know, sometimes I'm like you. I get into that foxhole. I get into that place. And then it's like, oh, God, you know. But let me just say, so what we did is we built it into what we do every year, that we need to have oh God moments more. And so in uh, next week, we'll be doing it. We meet here at six o'clock in the morning. You can join us online. 
and we have prayer requests. You have them on your seats. You just fill out your prayer requests. If it's somebody in your family, whatever situation you're in, the school situation, mask and, and vaccines and uh, America, whatever it may be, just write it down. And then at our time of communion and expressions at the end of the service, we just ask that you pin them to the cross and then we will pray over those every single day. You can also send in an email request through our app so you can download that as well. And then the last thing is you also have a social media survey on your chair. We want to find out how to annoy you, okay? We want to know, we're not going to come to your house and we're not going to call you on the phone, can tell you right up there and probably not even going to text you, but we want to know how you get information. We know you're not watching CNN anymore. I don't know why you would. I know you're not watching Fox News anymore. I don't know why you would. I know that you're getting most of your information on how the world's going from TikTok right at this time. So we want to know what it is that we need to do to get in the path of your information stream so that we can also stream information to you as well. So just give us some information. You don't have to put your name on it and just leave it on your chair when you're finished filling it out. So I basically have given you two really cool things to do if I get boring over the next 35 minutes. Something else that you can preoccupy your time with. But I'm going to tell you, you're not going to be bored today. Uh, TJ, you're not going to be bored today. I'm telling you, you're not going to be bored today. Uh, and the reason why is because God has really put it on my heart over the last couple of weeks and with the team of teachers that we've had here is that God knows you're dry. He knows you're, you're tired. He knows you've been harassed. He knows you're like afraid and anxious. He knows that you're, I mean, been commanded to do this and then that and who's in charge and what's going on and what's the future of America and, and where's the Antichrist and all the other stuff that may be coming into people's minds that God's like just telling me, dude, you need, to, you need to help these people refresh. You need to help them get the refreshing, the dew of heaven, to get in contact with me again and begin to get some of that, that, that incredible dew that will refresh them in this really arid time. So that's what we've been doing. It's just gathering, scouring the Bible, looking for ways to communicate blessings to you so that you can get blessings flowing in your life and it can kind of, like, like, the, like the dew every morning in Charleston just drifts down the windows. We want the blessings of God to flow into your life and to refresh you uh, at this point. On Sunday evenings at seven o'clock, me and Ricky do this Bible study called Intentionally God. And it's really good. I'm, I'm telling you, we break things down further than you'll ever get on a Sunday morning. It streams live. You can see it seven o'clock. Um, it will count for going to church. So if you're looking to like, I got to make sure I check a box, it, it counts. It, it does count for going to church, but it really is a good, good Bible study. But we've been talking about the woman at the well a lot. And the reason why we've been talking about her is because she seems to get in this little bit of an argument with Jesus about where God happens. You know, where does he happen? Does he happen in the Baptist church? Does he happen in the Pentecostal church? Does he happen on that mountain over there? Does he happen on, in that temple over there? And so here's a woman, she comes out to a well, she's dip, dipping her bucket into the well to try to get some sort of refreshing in her life. And, and, and this is her well. Her father gave her that well and her father's father gave her that well and it just kind of like, this is where we go to get refreshed. And then Jesus challenges her idea of where does she get refreshing? And she thinks it's the Samaritan mountain over here. That's where we go and you Jews go into this temple. And then Jesus says, listen, 
you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, he literally says, you do not know what you worship. You don't know how to connect with, with what God's doing. And I, and I think we're in a time when a lot of us are like this woman at the well. She had been married five times. You know, you say, well, what's that all about? How's that correlate? Because uh, the pursuit of relationships can become a well. You know, you think this guy's gonna be the well that when you draw your bucket out that he's gonna refresh your life and you date this girl or this, this is gonna be it. This is the one, mama. I met this guy. This is the one He's gonna change my life. This is gonna be awesome. You know, I, yeah, I know it's number four, but I mean it, this is the one. And, and Jesus is like, listen, you're dipping your bucket in all the wrong places. This is not where refreshing comes from. And so he's really got her attention. A lot of us have been doing that. We've been dipping our buckets. We've been looking for a mountain. We've been you know, looking for a place where, where all this stuff about politics and COVID and, and racism and gender and, and, and school and mask is like, where do we go? And so Jesus narrows the conversation down to something that I think is really interesting. And I know I'm supposed to be a Bible scholar, and to some small degree I am, but I still, I'm a learner, lover, leader, which means I'm always learning something new to love and then something to lead in from God. And that should be the Christian journey. And so I learned something this week when I was looking at this and I, I noticed something that Jesus said in her answer. Since we got all these wells, where's Jesus' pointer? And Jesus answered her in John 4, verse 13, and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. So anybody, if you're dipping your bucket in this well, thinking it's going to bless your life, uh, I just want to let you know, you, you're going to have to keep dipping. You're just going to have to keep on going back to the same well and, in order to get something out of it. But then he says, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. And then in comparison to it, looking at blessings coming from, um, from within, which I thought was kind of interesting, he says that a well or streams of living water will flow out of our innermost being in John 7, 38. And so I thought it was really interesting. And instead of pointing to heaven, Instead of pointing to that or to that mountain or to that, that particular uh, denomination or, or that location or chasing that preacher over there or going to that particular church in Charleston, he's like, um, you've been dipping your buckets in all these different places and I'm telling you, this, it's something's gonna flow out of you. Not that it originates with you because Jesus says, I'm gonna give it to you, but, it's, but the blessings are going to flow out of you to you and to other people around you. So, so this kind of seemed like a new thing to me. And the reason why it became new to me is because I'm not a new ager. I'm not somebody who's in the idea that, well, if your life is gonna change, you gotta become the best version of you and then and, you know, just become a better you and you'll have life flow out of you. That's not what Jesus is teaching at all. So I try to stay away from that at all possible cost. But yet it's Jesus that's bringing me back to this idea that blessings flow out of my life as a result of, of him being my, uh, my coefficient, my in him, with him, through him, connected with him. And he says, okay, so I'm going to make it all happen, but it's actually going to flow out of you. And that really just caught my mind because I was reading this other verse and it came out of Proverbs eleven twenty four. It said, there is one who scatters and yet 
increases all the more. It's like so when there's this guy who's scattering stuff and the idea of giving. So he's scattering, but he seems to increase more. And yet there's one who withholds what is justly due, what he should do in a, in, with God or with another person. Uh, and yet it only results in want. Then it goes on, it really drives us home. The generous man will be prosperous and he who waters will himself be watered. Now that really just kind of wrecked my imagery of how God works, how the kingdom works. But when you start tracing it back, Jesus said the kingdom of God is among you. Jesus said, I go to my father so that me and my father may come and make our abode in you. And then Paul says in Colossians, this is the mystery of the ages, Christ in you is the hope of glory. And I was like, whoa. So it's, what it's doing is returning the responsibility or the, the, the gate of blessing, back, it's drawing it right back to me somehow. Now, it's not taking God out of the equation. It's just saying this is how God does it, that he who waters will himself be watered. So this idea that blessings flow out of my life and return to my life was just, I had to be honest with you, I just only got it this week. So I haven't been like, you know, living this all my life and this is what I've learned. No, I've, I've just been surprised by this. So I was thinking about how does this work? And then it came to me, the perfect metaphor. You know, and I love metaphors. Motion detection. This is exactly how motion detection works. Most of you have motion detection. You got a light in the, over the garage that when you move, all of a sudden, boom, it comes on. You may have a doorbell by ring or something, then you move in front of it and you get a little text message that says, bing, you know, somebody's at your front door, somebody's still in your car or something like that. But it gives you some sort of notification that there's some sort of motion going on and then there becomes this response. But the reason why motion detection became so important to me is because I have an armadillo problem. And I, I know it's like, how do you connect this with armadillos? But oh, it makes perfect sense, okay? So this is Ernie, and, and that's Ernie's kids. I don't know if they're boys or girls or not. I never lifted their armor to check. But um, these are the armadillos that every night just kind of walk through my backyard like an armadillo does, you know? <laughs> um, I'm gonna love that. Uh, but just kind of walk through my, and they do it right in front of me, you know? And they'll walk through and I don't even scare them anymore. And, and they'll just kind of joke and smoke and coke and just lift, leave their coke cans everywhere. And they're just like going by, then they'll go underneath the, uh, uh, my porch and, and they'll just hang out there. And so I'm like, well, I've been told they have leprosy or they can carry leprosy. It's like, what? I mean, that's like Old Testament stuff. And, and so I'm like, I, I gotta get rid of these armadillos. Um, so I started Googling solutions for armadillos. And here's what I found out. You can catch them in a cage and then drive them five, at least five miles away because otherwise they'll just sniff their way back to your house again. I don't know what's stinking at your house that somebody can smell at five. You might have a different problem than armadillos, but if an armadillo can smell your house five miles away, you know, okay. But you can do that. You can trap them if you just want to kind of like, uh, uh, you know, close something up on them. And, you know, it just doesn't sound very pretty to me. And then um, here's, here's another update. There's poisons you can do if you want. 
And then there's this other uh, solution. It's called the AR-15 solution. <laughs> that if you take an AR-15 and you send a projectile at 3,200 feet per second at an armadillo, it will explode in your backyard. I mean, literally. So you'll have leprosy everywhere. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but you will just, you're going to pop an armadillo in your backyard. So at, I have to be honest with you, I, uh, I have nothing morally against hunting or anything like that. I'm a catch and release kind of guy. I eat it when I'm hungry, but uh, I just don't want to kill things for killing things. But there was another solution presented to me, and it involved water. You see, armadillos don't like getting sprayed with water. So you can take your sprinklers in your yard and if you put a motion detection device on your sprinkler, it will actually, when they move past it, it will detect the motion of the armadillo and it will squirt them. I know, it sounds totally ridiculous. I've got video proof that it actually works. Let's watch. So here's Ernie coming in. He's about to chew up my yard, then boop, 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 and, okay? Watch it in slow motion, boom. I thought with the Olympics going by, that, that height there, I thought that was quite, a, quite impressive. But it's crazy that the armadillo, when, when motion is detected by the sprinkler, it scares the creature away, and one of the side notes is it waters my grass for a few seconds afterwards. So here's what I picked up from this metaphor. It seems that when motion is detected in my life in response to someone else, it turns on the water and the blessings for somebody else, it deters the devourer, and it refreshes me as well. You know, it, it, uh, that the water pressure is at that sprinkler all the time. That sprinkler, that water comes down the road, it comes into my house, and if you're, you're like me, you probably have one of those metal T rebar things so that when the city of Charleston turns off your water because you didn't, I'm sorry, the director of water of Charleston is in the auditorium today. So, but hypothetically, if you were to get your water turned off, you can get one of these T's and you can oh, turn on the valve again. But here's the thing, it's, it's all running to your house already and it's right there. You have it right there. But, but what happens is, is that sprinkler does not come on until it de detects motion in your backyard. Jesus says that from our innermost beings will flow rivers of living water. Or um, it says, when I water, it waters me. So consider this. What if, and this is a what if, you could probably prove me wrong. No, not probably, but you could if, if you worked hard enough. What if our blessing quotient, because we're all looking for a quotient, aren't we? We're all looking for a little bit of a methodology. How do I get this if I invest that? And, and I would say that was bogus unless God himself presented the quotient. Then if God says something like, um, uh, why don't you try this? Because this is what's going to happen. Well, then you're, at, you're invited by God to kind of find a quotient of some sort. So if our blessings really are determined by our motion in other people's lives or in what God's doing. That maybe heaven doesn't need to do anything more than what heaven has already done. By the death and the resurrection of Jesus and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the invitation to have the Holy Spirit into our lives, what if 
all the plumbing has been run down the road, run to your house, run into your house, run into your backyard, and the only reason that it's not coming out of your sprinkler is because there's no motion in your life, no activity. And what we're finding out is that God blesses the activity that honors him and that helps and rescues other people. It's like the blessing's already there. And a lot of us, we're dry, we're tired, we're wore out, we're harassed, we're anxious, we're afraid, we're all these emotional things, and, and we're justified in, in having that. It's been, it's been a rough two years. And you're like, where is the God of heaven? When is God gonna rent the heavens and come down and deliver our land? and give us water, you know? And God's like, you know, I've already laid the plumbing for this, right? You know, I, I've told you this, that streams of living water will flow out of your innermost being. It's like, well, so wait a minute. So you're saying, if I don't feel refreshed, if I don't feel blessings, if I don't see the blessings of God around, it's not heaven that's got a problem. It's not heaven that's shut up. It's not heaven that's cursing me. It's not, no, no. It's because God's looking in your life and seeing how much motion you got when it comes to loving your neighbor and loving the Lord with all your heart. And if you got any mo no motion, the sprinkler never comes on. I was like, all this came from an armadillo? You know, I mean, it's, see, God is speaking everywhere and he's constantly speaking if we just have an ear to listen and what he's trying to communicate. This is why Jesus says it's better to give than receive. Because he knows no motion, no sprinkler, no water. He knows that the moment you start giving into another person's life or honoring God that uh, you're turning on the sprinkler, that you're watering yourself is basically what scripture's telling us. I'm not saying that you conjure up the blessing out of your life or your greater humanity produces blessings. It's all up to you to produce the best life possible. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that Jesus said, I am going to, I am going to plumb the whole system right to your response, your motion. I, he's like, God's done all the motion he's going to do, folks. He's already died on the cross, rose on the third day and poured out his Holy Spirit and invited us to, to seek him and to know him and to be empowered by him. And God's got the whole thing plumbed and it's there. And there's pressure, you know, this, he sent the plumber out and to, to kick up the pressure. And he, he uses people like myself and ministry to make sure your water pressure is at the right way. But then it's gonna come down to whether or not you're causing any motion in your backyard. Are you involved in what God's involved in? So this is why what we've been talking about last week and this week again is, is really big. There are very few areas in life that will bring about the blessings of God than when you are doing God's work God's way, when you're doing what God has called you to do, when you're honoring God and then when you're serving other people. There's nothing that makes the sprinkler spray more than when you are in motion doing what God's doing. And I love what Hudson Taylor said last week. God's work done in God's way by those in God's will will never lack water supply. The water will always come out if you're doing God's will God's way in doing God's work. David said, God will perfect everything that concerns you. Everything. 
And you're wondering, what? You know, I'm sorry. I don't know who I was being in that point. What? It's kind of, whoa, I could have done it a couple different ways. But, uh, but it was like, you're kidding me, right? And it's like, no, no. God said, I will perfect everything that concerns you. And you're like, well, I don't see what happened. Well, I'll be honest with you. Maybe the sprinkler hasn't seen anything move lately. He's waiting for you to step out. He plumbed heaven to your soul. I think that's, I don't know about you. So it, it kind of was like, it's on me from this point on out. It's like God's done everything he's going to do and he's done an amazing job. I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory is what the scriptures say. And we're like, yeah, I want to get some. Well, how about some motion? How about make, make that sprinkler go? Do something, get involved in something. So this idea of going in motion, turning on the sprinkler and water flowing, that's why Jesus terms it this way. He says, give and it will be given to you. Water and he who waters will be watered. It's like you get moving, do something. You know, you say you're waiting on God. There is no point, no, no time when, whenever we say, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. That doesn't mean there's no motion in your backyard. That doesn't mean you're not doing anything. Uh, it, it means you're waiting for God to give you some sort of revelation, but you're obedient to the revelation he's already given you. Well, if your marriage is miserable, I'll tell you the best way to begin to change that marriage, given to another person's life. Stop focusing on your marriage and, and given to another person's life. Well, how will that water that? He who waters himself will be watered. It's an absolutely amazing concept. But Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, I don't care what the context of this in its original was about forgiveness. But he said, if you give forgiveness, guess what? You're going to get mercy back. If you give compassion, you're going to get compassion back. If you help somebody else, you're going to get help back. You serve, you're going to, it's going to come back. You give, it's going to come back to you. He who waters himself will be watered. Your motion or lack of motion to help others, to honor God, turns on and off the flow of blessings into your own life. I'm telling you, I'm not a blessings guy. You know that. If you've been coming to Christ, I'm not a money guy either. I mean, we don't even take an offering. You know, there's no plate that's going by. We're not singing a stupid song just because we want to, uh, you know, we're going to bring up some soprano up here. Not, okay, let me apologize to our worship team. Uh, okay. <laughs> a stupid song is not, they're all wonderful songs. But you know, a lot of churches you go to, they'll bring up that, they call it the special you know, they'll bring up the special and somebody will come up and, oh, great thou art. Okay, why? So they can pass the plate around you. Folks, we're not doing that today. My motivation isn't to get any money out of you. My, money, my motivation is to get you blessed because you're dry, because you're angry, because you're anxious, you're desperate. And, and we all need we need God. So this is just one more place where the scripture says, yeah, if you want to be refreshed, here's another way you can do it. You can give into another person's life. You can get, get busy. And all of a sudden, 
but it only corresponds to as you get in motion. So, we're talking about this, and at this particular point, maybe we are talking about what we do with our money. Maybe we are talking about what we do with our resources. And say, well, you know, why are you doing that? Again, trying to let the water flow into your life. But it also, I think God wants to talk to us about it because money is important to us. I don't think it's overly important to God, but he knows that if he wants to get the human heart really engaged, if you really want to get the soul to somebody, if you want to get where the heart of the treasure is, it's taught to what's important in people. That's when you all of a sudden you find it. Get them moving in that area and that's where the kingdom of God begins to move. So God knew that our stuff is so important to us. Our money is so important to us. So we need to learn about this idea of honoring God and turning on the water main of blessings in our life. Listen to it. Let me give you Proverbs 3.9. And I want you to see how the, it's already preloaded to the house, but it's taken the homeowner to turn it on. Proverbs 3.9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruit of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Okay? So he's, he's first saying... He's like, here's the deal. I got it, I'm gonna give it, and I want you to have it. And I plumbed it right up to your life. My blessings, I gave my son for it, I rose him from the dead for it, I poured out my Holy Spirit, I, I wired everything, I plumbed everything to come into your house. But it's like, well, how do I get it, Lord? Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruit of your produce. Motion, motion. And then he says, you will have plenty and your vats will be bursting. If you have vats, uh, they'll be bursting. Motion detection. When you honor God, you turn on the sprinklers. When you make a motion towards God and get involved in what God's doing, you are turning on blessings to yourself. Again, I even hear myself saying it's like, I, I want to always do the caveat. Well, you got to do it for the right reasons. Because I'm a duty guy. You know, I'm, I'm the guy that I responded to God because it says he loved us, uh, we love him because he first loved us. It's like, he did an amazing thing for me. I'm gonna do this regardless, I'll do things out of duty because it's my, my calling as a Christian to, to love others and all that stuff. I'm not motivated by blessings, but here's the problem, or not a, a problem for people like me. It actually is in the scripture. The promise and the blessing are actually there. So I would be amiss to not tell you about it. So you don't believe it? Here's another scripture. Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Or it's kind of bring your offering to God so that there may be food in my house so that we can help people and do the work of the ministry. And test me now in this. Oh, I wish he hadn't said that. It's like, test me now. Here's why, as a, as a Bible teacher, I hate that verse. It's because if I was selling you a pill, you know, like fish oil or cartilage from a shark or some of the, all the other, you know, you know, 
fragrance things that are going to heal you of a sore tooth and all those other things. And you, and I said, listen, for 60 days, I want you to try this out. And after 60 days, there is going to be a measurable difference. You'll be six inches taller and you'll be able to dunk a basketball, you know? Well, all you have to do is try it for 60 days. And if you're not six inches taller, and if you're not dunking a basketball, guess what you can turn around and say to me? You're a fraud. So I kind of like it not putting these out there because, you know, but God says, oh no, Paul, don't pull back from this. I'm telling them, if they will honor me, I will open the storehouse of heaven. I'm like, God, come on now. What if somebody does it and they don't get a check in their mailbox? What if they don't win the sweepstakes? What if they don't, you know, what if they, it's like, no, 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 don't you, don't you sell out on me. And he said, I'm putting my name on this. He says, uh, he says, test me now in this. If I will not open the doors of heaven and pour out a, for you a blessing until it overflows. I'm like, all right, I'll preach it, but you got to do it. And, and so God's like, no problem. I've already plumbed it. I've already put the water in. I've got the water pressure up. I've had a CPW come out and make sure the water's running right to the tap. But Paul, you're going to find out what the problem is. The problem's not going to be whether or not I can be tested and fulfill a promise. It's going to be whether or not they're actually going to turn the water on. Whether or not they're going to test me on this. I love this next part. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you. You want to get rid of your armadillos? So that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. God is calling us to test him. God is calling us to get into motion in the kingdom of God, serving giving, sharing, giving compassion, giving out of our resources, honoring him with our finances. Know this, God has already plumbed this. It really is just coming down to us. Then there's the blessing that comes when you give into the needs of other people. Second Chronicles 9 verse 6. Again, you see in the same system. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. There's not a lot of motion in your backyard. That's it. Whoever sows generously, a lot of motion, will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to threaten you. God says, I'm not lowering myself to try to motivate you to get your money. And as a pastor, I'm not going to do it either. We're not going to sing five more songs and pass the bucket two more times. God says, I don't want, to, I don't want the sprinkler coming under compulsion. I want, it because, I want it because it's your heart. You want the kingdom. You want Christ. You want, you want to see other people grow and to help other people. You, you want to express it as your love to God. I love it. It's, it's this constant loop. When we sow, we reap. When we withhold, we starve. Psalm 104, 28 says, when you give, it will be 
give it to them, they will gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. Boy, that's the power of blessing, is giving into another person's life. I love this other one. I almost forgot this one. Proverbs 19:17. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deeds. That's a crazy verse. Have you ever lent money to somebody before? And like, I ain't getting that back. You know, it's like, yeah, they, they, they ain't giving it back. And, but God says to you, whenever you are generous to the poor, you are lending to the Lord. And then he put it, that very thing, um, I will repay for your deed. I will repay you. It's like, dang, really? Yeah, so I would say that that is so brash and so confident when you combine it with the Malachi verse and a couple other verses, the, the other proverb verse, you, combine, you could almost go to God like this. If you're honoring him and you're being generous to other people and you're serving, you could actually say, hey, God, come on. You said you'd pay me back. You said you'd pay me, you say you'd, uh, you'd give me what I deserve, you know? The only reason why I wouldn't recommend that is because technically, if you were to say to God, give me what I deserve, there's a lot of things that I deserve I don't want God giving me, okay? So let's just call it a break even with God. But I just want to let you know that God is trying to get you into motion, into the giving into other people's lives, into honoring him, that it's not that heaven is shut up. It's not that heaven is closed. It's not that God is deaf. It's not that God doesn't even see the needs that you have in your life. It's just that we're waiting to get before we give. And God says, I've already given streams of living water. You just gotta have some motion going on in your life. Start honoring. Start gifting other people. Start, you know, I, I had something happen the other day. I, um, I was trying to get rid of an old piano in my, uh, my, uh, uh, out of my garage. And, and, you know, it's really hard to get. So I, you know, had these guys come down and, and take the piano. And so I paid them to take the piano away. But I really felt like, who, who moves a piano because they, they, that's the job they went to college for, okay? Nobody wants to move old, broken pianos. And God kind of just, so these two gentlemen came up and they, uh, and they're both in their upper 60s. One guy had like a ruptured L4 or 5 and he had just had fusion surgery and he had a strap around his gut. And, I, and I'm like, I almost felt guilty letting them move my piano. And I just felt like, yeah, you were gonna pay him X? I want you to double it. I want you to double it. And these guys were flabbergasted. And I tell you what, I was like, normally I would have been like, well, God, come on, that's stupid. This is their business. And, you know, you know if they had become a doctor, that would have fixed this. And so, you know, it's their fault they're not doctors. And, you know, it's like, you know, you know how you logic your way out of giving somebody a gift. But the Lord just, just like, nope, you want a water, dude. Okay, paying them the first amount of money was paying them for their service. That's not watering, okay? It's the second group of monies, that's the ordering. And so it was so easy to just, I'm just gonna double it and give it it. And, and they're like, you don't have to do this, sir. And it's like, no, you don't understand. I, I'm being a little selfish here. Because if I order you, I was told by the Bible and by God to test them on this and that it would order me. And so the guys are like, well, dude, then you need to bring us some more payola here, you know? 
But the point is that it's in the scriptures. It's what God is communicating to us. I love it when a child starts to cry and the mother puts her hand over his mouth. <laughs> hey, it's, she's my niece and it's all cool. But I just think it's so funny. It's so sweet. You don't want anybody to be disrupted and all of a sudden, oh man, that's awesome. Uh, in closing, it's this. There is the ultimate blessing in heaven that's waiting for all of us. And it's out of Hebrews 13. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. It's like, oh, now that, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 don't, I like the idea of having more stuff just as much as you. I like the idea of maybe having a retirement or maybe, you know, putting a lift kit on, on my four by four. And I, I like all that stuff. I'm no different than you are. But when it comes down to it, it's like, you know, when I give, when I honor God, when I share with what I have, the ultimate payback is that God is pleased with me. You know, God loves you, right? But that doesn't mean he has to be pleased with you. If you have a child, you know exactly what I mean. You love them. There's nothing that they could do that you would ever turn on them, you would ever forsake them or leave them. But isn't it really cool when they do something that's like beyond themselves and you're like, dang, I really like that kid. And I tell you, there's no greater time than you will hear it from heaven than when you go in motion and you provide for the needs of another person, when you share what you've got, when you honor the Lord, and that is the ultimate blessing. So as we enter into this moment of communion, sharing God's gift to us, I've learned a couple things that maybe you have. I have always laughed at the verse that it is better to give than to receive. Up until this week, up until this week, I mean, you're like, what? Didn't you always believe it? I always believed it, but I always thought it was a joke because I'm, I'm kind of a selfish baby boomer. Not that all baby boomers are selfish. I'm just saying I happen to be a selfish baby boomer. And the old thing, it's better to give than to receive. That's what you say at Christmas time. That's what your grandmother says. She's broke, you know? I mean, it's like, that's what poor people say. And then... When I looked in the scriptures and it's like, oh no, it technically is better to give than to receive because all the plumbing is run to the house, but it doesn't flow until motion takes place. All those things that you're complaining that God would fix about your life and you may have an innumerable amounts of, of problems. You may even name them. They may even be like armadillos going through your backyard and you're waiting for God to fix it. Well, let me just tell you, get some motion going on. Give into another person's life. Serve at your church. You know, serve another person. Meet the needs. And I'm telling you, in the middle of it, in my backyard, it's called zone three. Zone three. I don't have just one sprinkler head. I have a zone. And when that, when motion comes on, if all these sprinklers were to pop up with motion detection, all of a sudden 15 heads, there's no way anybody's getting out of my backyard dry when all of a sudden the heads pop out of the ground. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for us to respond to the needs of people 
He's looking for us to be a part of his church, his, his house. It's like, and if we were willing to do that, he's like, I'll bless you. Get involved in what God's doing and do it God's way. Water has already run to your house. And maybe you've had a problem that you've been praying about. And ladies, maybe you've been complaining that your husband just doesn't give you what you need in your life. And so you've shut down. Oh, you ain't going. You know, have you ever seen that before? But you know, you just, that's what we do in relationships. And dudes do it the same way. I mean, there's nothing that looks like an armadillo than a dude coming home, you know? And maybe you're just like, I can't believe that guy's coming back and he's in my house and he wants this from me and that from me. And I, I, not until I get what I want. God's like, no, it's better to give than to receive. And husbands, maybe you've got some demands on your spouse, your wife, that, that you've been waiting for her to become whatever you think she should be. And, and, and you know, you'd be nicer if she was nicer. And, You'd cherish her more if she showed you a little bit more respect or whatever. You know that old tit for tat thing that we talked about. And God's like, no, just get in motion. Start giving to your spouse. Start loving your spouse. Start serving your neighbor. Start getting involved at your church. Start honoring the Lord with your finances. And just test me on this and see if your life won't be better by going into motion. If it wasn't in the Bible, I would have told you it was a lot of malarkey. I would say, hold on to what's yours, get what's yours, and buy a gun and keep everybody from getting it from you. That's what America's doing. And God's like, no, well, you're going to miss it then because I'm saying, open your hand and I'm going to pour it out into you. Fathers, we enter into this moment. You are reminding us at the table of Christ that you have already plumbed You've already put in the water main that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that this body and blood is the very sprinkler system of heaven. God, you, you have sacrificed so much so that we can have eternal life, not just in heaven or on this mountain or in that temple, but Christ in us, streams of living water flowing from us. So God, today, thank you so much. As we take the cup, as we eat the bread, we remember that you have already plumbed our blessing. It's just time for us now to get in motion, to honor you and to give to others. Let me invite you to come and receive the blessings that God has for you.